live from the Denver Press Club presents the topic of conversation with your host, Rob Scoggins. When you think River North, that's Rhino District in the Denver metro area, you can't help but think Andrew Feinstein, a fifth-generation Denverite. Andrew has over 20 years' experience in entertainment, communications, event production, hospitality, and real estate management. Andrew's ancestors arrived in Curtis Park, a suburb of Denver Metro, in the 1860s, and he has continued the family tradition by running and developing businesses in the Curtis Park and Five Points neighborhoods. Currently, Andrew is managing partner in the Exto Event Center that's extended downtown Event Center, Tracks Nightclub, Jake's Sports and Spirits Restaurant, and the Exto Management Property Group. He also owns and operates some commercial properties in the Denver metropolitan area. Tonight's topic of conversation, talking about Denver and how it's grown and how it's changed. Please welcome Andrew Feinstein. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Denver Press Club, where the conversation begins. This is live from the Denver Press Club Presents. I'm your host, Rob Scoggins, and this is the topic of conversation. We have a distinguished guest here, Andrew Feinstein. He has not only changed the way River North District of of Denver metro area looks, he has helped construct it and taken time to put his love of Denver and his uh, great... Uh, time and energy into remolding that part of town. And we are very proud to have him on the show tonight. Please welcome Andrew Feinstein, our topic of conversation. How are you? Hey, Rob, thanks for having me on. I know oh. we've tried uh, to make this happen, so oh. glad we finally got the chance. We and, have. You, you uh, are... To be part of the last show of the season, that's that's special, so I appreciate it very yeah. much. Can you tell the folks out there just a little bit who Andrew Feinstein is? I mean, you are a, a fifth-generation Denverite, and not many people can say that. Can you just tell the people out there a little bit about you and how... How you, uh, how your family became such a big part of Denver? Well, that's a that's a very long story. I know we have an hour. I don't want to take up the whole hour rambling about my background. Um, the short version is that yes, my family. I'm fifth generation. So my 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 great great grandfather came to Denver actually uh, by way of Leadville and Central City. Uh, we believe in the year 1870. Came to Colorado in 1863. Came to Curtis Park in 1870 was a very active member of the community, started a family there. <clears throat> um, you know, several generations later, my father comes along and, and uh, he uh, was a uh, very prominent golfer here in the Denver community, uh, pretty good card player at the Green Gables Country Club, a well-known CPA. Um, at the poker pl- table at the Country Club, he connects with uh, someone who I regard as a second father, who's actually in the audience tonight, that's Marty Chernoff, who's sitting over there. Um, Marty, uh, comes to Denver by way of Brooklyn in 1959, okay. comes to DU to play football. Uh, when he shows up, they cancel the football program. Oh. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he studies engineering and mathematics, actually works in the rocket science field in Southern California, comes back to Denver. Um, and he's running gambling junkets to Vegas, uh, and playing poker where he and my father meet wow. and just kind of serendipitously. And this is a whole nother story for a whole nother program that sure. we should talk about some other time, but. Uh, they stumble into the gay bar business, and in 1980, they opened Tracks, uh, the first ever uh, upscale, high-energy, high-tech gay dance club in Denver's history in wow. 1980. That was a very pioneering, very courageous thing to do, and it was also very good economically. Uh, so that's the world I grew up in. I'm five years old when Tracks opens. Um, my background is, you know, I wanted to be either the commissioner of the NBA or the next Charles Schultz. I know those two <laughs> things don't quite go together, um, and uh, I went to Cherry Creek High School, I uh, went to Emory University in Atlanta, lived in Los Angeles for 10 years, produced cartoons. And uh, Marty and my father uh, took the tracks concept and they actually exported it to three additional cities. So imagine running four nightclubs and they actually had three other clubs. So imagine running seven hospitality establishments in the 80s. You know, no cell phones, no internet, no, no nothing. Um, and they did very well with all of that. Um, and as time went on, you know, some of the clubs made it a little bit longer than others. And and, um, you know, the real estate started appreciating in value and the clubs kind of shut down one after another and they were kind of in retirement mode. And uh, so I'm in Los Angeles making cartoons. Sure. Uh, I worked for Nickelodeon and Warner brothers and, and Disney channel and Fox sports. And you got, that was um, very, that was very good for you. I, I did mean, very well. I did I mean, very well. You had yeah. some fun there. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I, and, uh, I actually never really thought I'd move back to Denver. I kind of thought in the back of my mind, you know, there's a, there's a very strong connection to Denver. There's a very strong connection to tracks, but you know, I was busy. I was busy. I was a syndicated cartoonist. I was producing animation. Uh, Marty decides uh, around the year 2000 to open a new nightclub, a new tracks, you know, bring the concept back. You know, he still, he had very loyal employees. He had a very loyal customer base. And he and my father at the time, I think they were both in their sixties. 
And my father says, what are we doing this for? We're Marty's our, still in his 60s. <laughs> we're in our 60s. Why are we doing this? You know, so my father basically, you know, retired, moved to San Diego. So Marty goes on his own with the new tracks, which right. opens in 2000. It does very well. And at the time, the neighborhood's called Upper Larimer. So <laughs> Rhino doesn't even exist right now. Not, there's no, not such, even, not even, there's no such thing as Rhino. Rhino. Rhino doesn't come around until about 2005, 2006. What did it look like in 2000? It was pretty grisly. I mean, it was... It was, it was it like was, Lodo? You ever, see the mo- um, uh, you ever see those movies in Los Angeles that take place in like, you know post-apocalyptic yes. warehouse zones in like eastern Los Angeles. Like that's, RoboCop in yes, Detroit? Yes, yeah. Yes, how, how did RoboCop get it right? That's what right? Upper Larimer looked like in 2000. It was a very, it was a very gappy place. The word okay. I use is gappy. Not, not dangerous, but gappy. Okay. You know, just dark. Sure. Um, not, not, not a lot of street lights. certainly no sidewalks. Um, you had some seedlings of artists and, and, and folks moving in, but you didn't have any of the breweries. Not, nothing that Rhino is today. There right. is no Rhino. There is no Rhino. Yeah, there's no Rhino. Just Larimer. So Marty opens tracks um, <clears throat> without my father, uh, goes it on his own. Is Metalark there at that time? I don't think Metal... Was Metalark there, Marty, at the time? I don't no. think so. Nothing's okay, no. there. Nothing's okay. there. Okay. <clears throat> so, you know, you know, tracks was kind of this like beacon on the northern end of Upper Larimer mm-hmm. um, at uh, 35th and Walnut, where we're still located. So... We're kind of an island unto itself. So the you know, tr- club's those fine, but then Marty decides he'd like to retire at some point. So <laughs> he reaches out to me about eight years ago and says, you know, would you ever consider moving back to Denver? And we can come up with a creative structure for you to, you know, buy your way into the business and, and, and set up a partnership, which I'm very grateful for. And it was good timing because and this is really a credit to Denver, I think. Okay. All of my friends who I grew up with here, okay, my closest friends, someone to London, someone to Sao Paulo, someone to Amsterdam, someone to New York, someone to L.A., they all came back to Denver to start their businesses No, about eight or nine years ago, somewhere between five years ago and eight or nine years ago in that window. I guess. Do you think it's the, comfort, the com- comfortability of, I think my of friends, Denver or just, or well, just a great a place to start a business? More the latter. I, yeah. think that, I think that you know all of my friends, including myself, we had a lot of fun in our 20s living in these other cities outside of Denver, but it was time to come back in our early 30s and... And start our businesses here. You know, when you live in a place like New York, you live in a place like LA or or in Europe. You learn you know, a ton of stuff. You learn a ton of stuff, but it's also those are very difficult places to start a business. Yeah. It's very expensive. You've got huge bureaucracy, taxation, all kinds of issues. Denver makes it a lot easier to start a business. So my friends were here. Marty gave me a great opportunity. I decided to take advantage of it. So I came back. So I came back six years ago. When I come back six years ago, it's 2009. Right. Um, Rhino is in the seedlings of being Rhino. Okay. Uh, Rhino is actually more of a west of the tracks river type concept hence the name rhino river mm-hmm. north mm-hmm. we are still called upper larimer and i was really embraced and it you know starts broadway-ish and goes yeah up. so broadway's our southern border our northern border depends on who you talk to on the west side of rhino it's kind of stock show on the east side of rhino it's kind of like where jake's is which yeah, is our which is our restaurant jake's sports bar. so marty tells me when i come back he says look go to the neighborhood meetings go to every neighborhood meeting get to know everybody <laughs> no seriously get to know sure. everybody and me being me, I couldn't help but get really involved. Yeah. So, like you're running for mayor yeah, or something, everything so, you're running for. So I for appreciate something. when you say I helped get Rhino started, but that's really not fair. Who got Rhino started was this consortium of artists sure. who show up around 2002, 2003, 2004. And it's really economics. I mean, artists don't have children, so they don't care about the schools. So they're coming into these old warehouses. They're activating them. Which is not a negative thing. It's a fact. No, I, yeah, hey, when I think a- of children, I see... I see money and time going in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think children are, yeah, there's no negative, no, no, yeah, no negativity no negative, meant just... there. But you've got this consortium of artists, then you have a few business folks, such as Marty, such as Mickey Zeppelin, who comes mm-hmm. in around 05, 06. And you've got these really pioneering, this confluence of pioneering individuals. Now, did he start Larimer Lounge? Is that, is that him? No, Larimer Lounge, I, actually, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I don't know. Okay, that's okay. So, but, but, so you have this consortium of business folks and artists who mm-hmm. get together right around when I'm coming back and they're forming this joint neighborhood. We abandon Upper Larimer and we call the whole thing Rhino. Okay. And we are just a group of entrepreneurs, whether they're artist entrepreneurs or brewer entrepreneurs or barista entrepreneurs, you know, we, or development entrepreneurs. We are all entrepreneurs. It's 2009. It's recession. Yeah. No one Nothing's has happening. So here we all kind of have our own little warehouses, our own little pockets of land there. We're a mile northeast of Coors Field. Nothing's happening. Wow. Nothing's happening. The train station's been announced, but it's like a foreign thought that may happen someday. Sure. And so we really kind of came together. And that same core group to this day, we still, in fact, I was in a meeting today with our business improvement board. It's the same group. We're still in this together. How many people is it? Um, well, it's like I said, it's a group of stakeholders okay. and we've all been friends now for a long time and we're still doing it. And, and I'm at that table today. I was with artists, I was with business owners and I was with landowners and we're all in this, we're all, we're all of our oars are rowing in the same direction because what we want to do is we want to preserve Rhino's grit. 
We want to be a place that is welcoming to developers, but we, you know, we're not going to apologize for it. We want to maximize our investments as well. So that's the, that's the direction we're heading. Um, I think it's, I'm biased because I live there too, Mm -hmm. and I'm co-chair of the neighborhood community. We're the most unique, we can't be the most unique. We are the most unique, you know, neighborhood in Denver. Um, There's nothing like it in Denver. We've seen things like Rhino in other parts of the world and we're replicating that or trying to replicate that. Um, And now our challenge is how do we preserve our culture and our character and still be friendly to those who want to develop there, who may not come to the table with the same culture and character and grid as we do. But Rhino has such unique architecture anyway in it that's already there, and you guys are just modernizing it. You're taking, sure. you're, not, you're not, you're not losing the structure. You're just gutting it out and well, making it. Well, it depends. Same. That's a very case by case. Oh, so, is it? so I'm all about it. Ad- what you're referring to is what's called adaptive reuse, without getting too yes. technical. No, with that's the good. Listeners, but adaptive reuse is when you take an old building and you adaptively repurpose it for modern uses, right? So. You know, the story of Rhino is actually somewhat typical of what we've seen in other cities across the United States. Because San, 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 San Antonio, Texas has a river north area. Well, it's a little different, a little okay. different. Um, don't think so much about the river. Think about warehouses. Where so, it is. So okay, think, about, think about yeah. old cities. Or, yeah. I shouldn't say old. Just think about cities. Okay. Cities everywhere in the world, at one point, whether it's, it probably starts in the early 1900s when my ancestors were living in the neighborhood, up until the 1950s-ish. Okay. You've got a 50-year period. We've got these beautiful old brick warehouses that are built in cities all across America. It's in eastern Los Angeles. It's in it's in the outskirts of Portland. It's in the outskirts of Denver. Mainly, mainly built by Germans and Dutch who... I, I, that I, mean, I can't it, comment get, on. Okay, yeah, okay. I can't comment specifically who I'm built them. I'm just thinking them, because but, of the... But you've got these the buildings. But here's, here's what happens. Yeah. Here's what happens. So we have manufacturing in these buildings. Why? Because you're next to rail. So it's easy to get your wares onto rail, right? Well, what happens in the 50s, 60s, 70s? They get abandoned. Yeah. Manufacturing leaves our country. Labor gets too high. We enter a global economy, and our manufacturing leaves us to China, to Mexico, to Malaysia, wherever it goes. So yeah. you have this abandonment now of downtown. You have this white flight migration to the suburbs, and all these old warehouses across the United States have been abandoned. So some really creative people in all across the world, including here in Denver and Rhino, activate these warehouses. It starts with the artists, because the artists and the brewers and the baristas. Of course. They're the ones that are the most creative. They, and the nightclub guys, I'll give us ourselves, I'll give Marty a lot of credit, give ourselves a little pat on the back for our organization. You know, nightclubs make a lot of sense in warehouses because you need a warehouse. And what else do you need? You don't need neighbors. You no. don't want neighbors because all neighbors do is bitch about your sound. So, <laughs> so you know, these, these kind of creative businesses really activate these neighborhoods. And now what we've seen is the opposite of white flight. We've seen a migration of folks from the suburbs into the city combined with the character that these warehouse districts are taking on. And Rhino is basically Denver's version of that. Sure. And all of us that have been working really hard to give Rhino a brand and a name and a sense of place are going to be the beneficiaries of that. I went on a tangent. I apologize. No, you're fine. My point, though, is that adaptive reuse isn't always doable. Not always. You don't always have a great warehouse. And my love of adaptive reuse conflicts with my love of density. But you see pictures of old, what now is called yeah. River North District, Rhino District in Denver. You, you look back at these old pictures, it's all cattle. It's all milk. It's all milk and cattle farm. Well, know, that might be on the north. And, that's probably closer uh, to the structure. Where yeah. we are, I mean, these were smeltering facilities. Okay. These were manufacturing. I mean, if you know, Laundry buildings. for those of you who are in the audience and those of you who have been to Rhino, you know, Walnut, if you ever notice how Walnut, everything on Walnut is raised by yes. about five feet, yes. including tracks, are our... our our western wall is raised five feet. Yeah. Everything's like Park Burger. If you go there, you go to Castleman's, uh, you go to Chi Yoga. All those things are raised five feet. That's because we had train tracks on Walnut. Uh, okay. And you would manufacture stuff on your building and you would load it onto those train tracks. Okay. So that's why everything is raised. We have a really clunky infrastructure there. What I was going to say though is I love adaptive reuse, but I also mm-hmm. love density. And if Denver doesn't have a serious adult conversation about density now, we're going to pay for it later. And so I think that when you're located near transit and when it makes sense, as much as I love to save an old brick building, sometimes it's best to demolish that building and go up 8, 12, maybe 15 stories and do something, though, with new architecture that is additive to our character. You're listening to Live from the Denver Press Club presents the topic of conversation. I'm your host, Rob Scoggins. We have our distinguished guest, Andrew Feinstein, who is now the, I'd say, almost third generation of uh, helping the architecture and the preservation of the River North District and Denver metro area uh, preserve itself. I think a lot of people's concern is we're getting modernized. Not, not. I mean, you guys, I know Marty is probably in on this too. You guys are trying to protect it where other people from California, Texas, and urban places outside of us are coming in and wanting to build these crazy weird structures that are interrupting your 
Ren River North District looks a little odd right now because you've got these modern buildings that are going in, and then they have the awesome buildings that you guys are trying to protect on the other side. So it looks... Is, is there a mini war going on, or are we no, you well, have a little architecture thing going on I wouldn't there? use the word mini war. There's definitely a, <laughs> we're definitely having a soul-searching moment. Okay. And you know, I was just in London. I was visiting the um, East London neighborhood of Shoreditch, sure. Shoreditch oh, which some beautiful. people say is London's rhino. Um, I wish we could be as cool and, and interesting as that neighborhood. It's one of the most fabulous neighborhoods I've ever been to. And the advantage they have in London is very dense. Old, old buildings, mm -hmm. very compact. But what they do in London that's really interesting that I think we need to think about here is when they go new, they go new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're, the new buildings in London look like they're from the year 2030, not the year 2015. Right. And whereas their old buildings, they preserve their old buildings. And I actually kind of, this is my personal taste. This is, you know, take it for what it's worth. Sure. But I like that dichotomy. Okay. okay. I think what happens is when someone tries to do something that's like faux industrial, faux, uh, like in Curtis Park. Yeah, you know, Curtis Park. Faux halfway there. I'm okay with weird and modern and totally different. I'm okay with that being right next to a Victorian house that was built in 1891 that my great great uncle probably lived in. next you know, to boxcar house that's fine that's okay. fine so mm -hmm. so i'm all about that i think that <laughs> you know to give ourselves credit in rhino um here's the here's the here's the battle if there is such a word as battle or the sure, challenge. there's a battle sure we want to be welcoming to developers mm -hmm. we don't want to pick out your windowsills we don't want to pick out your colors we really don't all we ask for all we ask for in your development are two things one we want street level activation okay the reason the ballpark neighborhood in denver feels a little gappy back to that word sure. at night is because every one That's of those 20th and Blake area. Every one of those buildings, none of them have first floor retail. So you you drive your Uber to your front door and you go in, mm -hmm. or you drive your car into your parking garage that's wrapped inside the building and you go in, and that's it. That's your engage. That's the extent of your engagement with the street. So it's wow. not an active, vibrant place. So number one, we want street level for, and, and all we ask. Number two, all we ask is that your project, new or old, has a little bit of public art, a little bit, a mural, <laughs> a sculpture. <laughs> A bench, something, and it doesn't even have to come from a rhino artist. We're sure. not, we're not that, you know, snobby that it has to be a rhino artist. Yeah. So all we ask are those two things. If you accommodate those two things, who are we to say your building should be yellow versus pink? Who are we to say it should be wood versus corrugated steel? That that that's all up to you and your balance sheet. But we do want the values of your project to be representative of the neighborhood at large. Is it easier to be an artist because your background is being an artist? I mean, cartoonist and and sure. doing the stuff you did uh, back in the day, which we we can touch a little base on. You had a very successful. I mean, it was very successful. Girls in sports was very successful. I mean, it was on sports. It was on Fox Sports One. It was on. It was on. You know, the, the TV show. So yeah, you're you're very very successful in the cartoon world. The going back to that, does that help in in helping develop uh, River North? Oh, I, well, I, again, you keep saying I developed the River North. I know, so, but helping so, develop. No, I appreciate Helping it. develop, I, helping I, develop. Because you've done a lot. You really I'm an are. artist at heart. I have a soft spot for artists. I always will. You know, I was as much of a cartoonist as I was a producer. Mm -hmm. Or I should say as much, as much of a producer as I was a cartoonist. When you're a producer in Los Angeles, you're working with artists. You have to hire them. And unfortunately, sometimes you have to fire them. I know. And you're in charge of the storyboard artists. You're in charge of the character designers. You're in charge of the voice actors. You're in charge of the musicians. You're mm -hmm. in charge of the post-production folks. All of those people in that food chain of production are artists. So I have a real soft spot for artists. Um, and I just, you know, this is going to sound a little corny, but I think that, you know, um, good entrepreneurism in and of itself is a form of art. Uh -huh. And I love the fact that the entrepreneurs of Rhino and the artists of Rhino at this point in time are really aligned. And that, I think we need to take advantage of that and appreciate that because typically the artists and the business folks are kind of against each other. Um, a lot of the artists in Rhino, I mean, a lot of the business folks in Rhino are all about Rhino for the most part. Um, but I think that, you know, my background kind of, um, straddling both of those worlds, business yeah. and art, I think has definitely been positive coming back to Denver. And I think you really underrate yourself and what you've done the past eight years. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, you that. really have. I mean, if, if when people... Rob comes to my parties <laughs> and I buy him drinks, so... When you, when you hear... That's why he, this, this is the payback for all those free drinks at Trax. <laughs> when, yeah. when you hear, when you when you go to Trax or, or X2, when you go to these places, and, and, and of course, when... When they, uh, when uh, J you know, Jake's uh, Sports and Spirits, the sports bar, great sports bar over there in, in River North. When you go to these places, you'll definitely know that that Andrew Feinstein has his touch in there, and that that's it, it's just a neat, neat. What he's doing over there is just it's just really neat. Why is no one building homes? Why are we afraid of homes? Why is apartments? Well, we're not New York, and well, we'll never be New York. Why is no one building homes? These you mean are, homes for sale? Yes. Or apartments for apartments rent? for sale? Okay. You well, know, that's, condos. We don't you know, have it, enough. We don't have enough time. So, <laughs> so what's happened is is this is a state of Colorado issue. This is not a Denver yeah. issue. Okay. okay? Um, unfortunately, in the state of Colorado, um, if you're a home builder, mm -hmm. you are susceptible to be getting sued. 
by your own homeowners associations. What's happened is, is a very small group of trial lawyers uh, has gotten these HOAs together, and what they do is they sue the developers for what's called defects, okay? Yeah. So your sink is cracked, your wallpaper wasn't set up right, your, I don't know, the lights weren't installed, whatever it is, they sue you for defects. And is that take, national or just state of Colorado? Of course, you can sue someone for a defect anywhere, but sure. most states have what's called a right to cure mm -hmm. before the lawsuit kicks in, okay? okay. Yep. And first of all, developers are not above defects. People screw up all the time. But all the developer is asking for is give me the opportunity to cure it before you sue me. So what happens is <laughs> is they get sued. Yeah. It's basically a um, it's basically a power play to force a settlement. <clears throat> when you bake the cost of that settlement into your production cost, it makes it so expensive to build for sale that it's just not worth it. Right. And so what we're seeing as a result of this is a huge imbalance of apartments for rent versus condos for sale, and it's a huge detriment to our city because. We have all these millennials moving here. We yes. have all these young people moving here. <clears throat> we have to give them a multitude of options of where they're going to live when they get here, okay? And, and you want them to live in the city. Right, and when you take away the $250,000 condo from the offering, <clears throat> you know, from the menu of options for a young person when they move here, it's just, it's just, it's, it's exacerbating the situation. It's making the few condos that are built available only to the rich. Right. And it's and it's four hundred and fifty thousand people can't afford it. It's ridiculous. That. It's ridiculous. So this is a huge issue. Uh, the mayor of Denver, who's a friend, uh, he is hyper focused on this issue. He Good. wants to get this done. The mayor of Lakewood has already come out swinging against the trial lawyers and said, "Look, I will. I as Lakewood will protect you, Mister Developer wow. or Mrs. Developer." Sorry. Sure. Um, although no one's really taken the you know, who wants to be the guinea pig there, right? I mean, is Lakewood really no. going to defend me? And what's interesting too is that <clears throat> we can get political if you yeah, want. Yeah, please. I, ne no. I never get to no. Get I want you to, but. It's a bipartisan issue because the, the left, the, those on the left that want to get, um, you know, low-income folks into home ownership, which I actually don't necessarily agree with, but those who want to get low-income folks into housing can't because no one's building anything. Sure. And of course, those on the right uh, want this done because you're, you're hurting business. You can't get condos built. So there's a, there is an annex point right now where the left and the right are aligned. The problem is, is that I think the trial lawyers... Um, have uh, have given enough money to the Democratic side of the state legislature that they're just not pushing this through. Okay, and uh, it's something that we need to have a serious conversation about. We got to get we we have look. California is the most litigious state in the world. No question. And they build uh, condos. They build condos. We can't all build over them the in Denver. No. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the Denver metro area is growing so fast, and it seems like we're. It seems like Denver's losing, and and River North is losing, and Cheeseman Park is losing because. Um, you know, Aurora just keeps. Aurora has. What do you no, mean by losing? Losing, losing the kids. They they can't afford to live here, so they're going to Lakewood, Golden. Wow, so this going, goes back to density. Yeah. Okay? So we have two issues: we have affordability and we have traffic. Okay. And to me, affordability and traffic can be accomplished with density. Okay. If we if we would just stop growing, and no one can see me because I'm on radio and not on camera. I'm widening my hands here. If we could stop growing out and start growing up. Mm -hmm. It's a game changer because now your city becomes a lot more efficient. People start living closer to each other, and your whole existence can be car to go, Uber, bike, and walk, and train. You don't need a car anymore. Sure. And, I mean, maybe you need the mountains, go to the mountains on the weekends, it's fine. But in theory, you don't need a car anymore. And then, by having density, you're adding more units to your projects, and therefore, you're making more units available and thus affordable. Hmm. Because the problem is, if everything in Denver is a three-story row home, right. because everyone's afraid of getting sued... And, and nobody wants to build tall, then it's only going to go to rich people. And that's why D.C., Boston, San Francisco, Los Angeles are unaffordable cities because everything's a three-story row home. Absolutely. And in Denver, I, you know, we're Denver. We've got decent, you know, decent ground here. We can build tall. We don't have earthquakes. And we have a fabulous <laughs> wilderness on all sides of us. So let's leave the wilderness alone. Let's build up. And I think we can solve that problem with density. But we, we, and, and in Rhino, um, those of us who are proponents of density are really pushing it in Rhino, especially around... The 38th and Blake Station. We are saying, bring it on, bring, bring it, on the yeah. density. Yeah, and that's and that costs money, and of course that takes time. Correct. I mean, you don't have yeah. a lot of investors flying in here going, "Eh, that looks pretty good." Eh, they're showing up. Are they? They're showing up. That's but good. To your right? point about losing. I, I'm not, yeah. I, by the way, I'm not worried about losing. I'm not worried about. No offense to Aurora. I'm no. not worried <laughs> about losing kids to Aurora. I'm not. I'm not. Right. I'm really not. Um, you know, I'm, I'm worried about losing families to Aurora. Of course. I'm not worried about losing kids to Aurora. What I'm worried about is I'm worried about losing kids to other cities that are more affordable and have closer or quicker access to recreation. Sure. At what point does the Den the incoming Denverite say, you know, I'm going to move to Utah because Salt Lake City is 45 minutes from Park City, whereas Denver's two hours from Vail and I-70 is a mess, blah, blah, blah. So let's just get serious about it. 
Um, Denver's doing phenomenally well with millennials right now. It is. There's no reason for it not to continue. As long as we deliver the density for all these folks to live in, we'll be fine. And this is being recorded. It's going to go on our YouTube channel. So okay. they're, they're going to see you do oh, they are. Whatever, the, okay. the accordion measurements. It's okay. okay. It's good. The, um, the other question I have for you is that you have done so much uh, for the gay and lesbian community. They have, they have a home. They have a place. They have, a, they have, a, they have, they have tracks. And you've had some wonderful universal events there. You just had one uh, this, this month. How'd that go, and, and how's it going well, over there? At again, Trax? I have to really defer to my partner here. I'm 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 a five year part of a 35 year old story. Right. Uh, Marty starts well. First of all, Marty's Marty's story with the GLBT community goes farther than Trax's 35 years. It actually goes back to the 70s. Okay, um, when he owned in a, Denver. In Denver, he yeah. owned a he. Owned, it's actually a really cute story. If you want me, I can tell the story. Uh, Marty on on a whim <clears throat> buys a shot in a beer bar for thirty two thousand dollars <laughs> called the Foxhole. Okay. It was a shot in a beer joint for truckers. It was not a gay bar. Right. And, you know, his gambling junkets were doing really well. So he leased the business to somebody else uh, who, unbeknownst to him, was closeted gay. Okay. And he checks on the bar one night and there are cars as far as the eye can see. And here's a nice Jewish kid from Brooklyn. And he walks into this bar that he owns and he walks in and it's all men spending a lot of money and it's packed and he, and that's when the light bulb, you know, we all have that sure. light bulb moment in our life and the light bulb went off and he said, wow, you know, if I have the opportunity to do this, this is what I'm going to do. This is the business I'm going to run. And so he did a phenomenal job with the Foxhole when the, the opportunity came about to take it over. Uh, he and my father joint ventured into tracks in 1980. And, you know, in 1980, you know, you know, we, we, we think about being gay today versus 35 years ago. I mean, totally different. they had kids that had to sleep in the club. Yeah. overnight because they had a warehouse in the back and they had you know they had bunks set up for these kids because wow. there was nowhere for them to sleep um you know they had thanksgiving every year because those kids weren't welcome in their own families and to show you how the world's changed you know i came into the business about five years ago um even though i grew up around it as a kid and i said hey let's do a family thanksgiving and all of our employees many of whom are, are gay and they yeah. looked at me like why i'm going to my parents house yeah and oh by the way my mom's coming to the club on friday wow you know so 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 well, the, it's changed so much yeah so the world's changed and, and you know i think that you know tracks there's a legacy there that we have to preserve, um, for sure. Uh, but the world's changed, and now, our, like I said, our gay employees bring their parents to the club. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, you know, the lines are being blurred quite a bit between what it even means anymore to be gay versus straight, or even mean man versus woman. Sure. Those lines are being blurred. And I think again, to Marty's credit and to Trax's credit, from day one, Trax was a very opening, welcoming place. Not just to the gay community, but anyone from the gay community. Heterosexuals like myself, and, they, and they those, love it. And they, those, I love and, that place. Right, it's and fun. Those, and those who were, in the, and the word they used at the time, which, which, which is remarkable, was, and those who are accepting of the lifestyle. Yeah. Because when you use the word tolerance, yeah. tolerance is a condescending word. You're saying, oh, I tolerate that. Right. No, 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 no. We're accepting. Accepting of it. the lifestyle. And we have been for 35 years. So I'm really proud to be a part of that. But like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sixth yeah. of that story. Very, very good. Yeah. Unbelievable. In fact, unbelievable I got, I got, I'm going to embarrass Marty here for a moment, but on Saturday night, Marty was awarded with an ally award from One Colorado, which yep. is the premier GLBT rights association, uh, rights organization in the state of Colorado. Hosted by Lance Bass. Right? Hosted by Lance Bass. We had Lance in the club on Saturday. And I would encourage your listeners and your viewers to um, check out One Colorado's website and see the video that they did for Marty. It was, it was a special, special night. Wasn't a dry eye in the house. No. It was just such, such a neat, neat thing. And what a, what a, what a, a, a crazy place to start it in the middle of our country, right here in Denver. Who knew that that could that that we could even uh, attract that many gay and lesbians to to area? And now it's just well, not just that, not just that, but tracks in 1980. Uh, you know, a lot of gay clubs in 1980 you had to go through the back door, sure. figuratively, or uh-huh, uh-huh. literally, I guess, right. the back door. You had to go through the back door. You had to go down an alley, a secret handshake, secret mm-hmm. knock, whatever. They were like, no, screw it. We are proud of who Absolutely. we are, and they had a giant pink neon track <laughs> sign for all of Denver to see. Right. And they didn't apologize for it. Good for and, them. And uh, it's, it served us well. It served our family well for a very long time. The story that you know about it, uh, was it accepting back then? I mean, was it was it harder? I mean, obviously it was a lot harder well, in 1980 than it is in 2015. You'll have, but... to, ask, you'll have to ask Marty. Um, okay. You know, I think that, you know, 1980, you're still dealing with the tail end of the Studio 54 era. Sure. So I think it was actually at that time, it was pretty gay friendly time in our country. Right. Um, it wasn't, I don't think people made it as big of a deal as they did now. I think the big, here's the big difference. I yeah. think a lot of straight folks in the eighties were comfortable going to a gay club, mm-hmm. but if you were gay, you were not 
really welcome in a straight club. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. you know, you weren't welcome at the bar down the street. You weren't welcome. You know, you and your you and your partner certainly were not going to hold hands no. and kiss each other on the lips in a restaurant. Like that wasn't going to happen. Well, people so. were scared of it back then. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 to me is the huge difference. Um, but uh, you know, certainly we've had terrific non-GLBT allies for a long, long time. That's really helped the business and helped the community and. And that's continued to this day. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk to Andrew Feinstein a little bit about how the how the structure of the state has changed now that marijuana is legal and <laughs> how, how has it changed his clubs and the River North District and everything about that. We'll also talk a little bit about his past and a lot, of, a lot about what he's done in his travels across the world and, uh, of course, in the, in the United States of America. We'll be back after the break. This is the topic of conversation. Uh, this is the Denver Press Club's. Uh, presents the topic of conversation with Andrew Feinstein as our wonderful host. I am Rob, your host, and we'll be back after these messages. Consider joining the Denver Press Club, which offers a relaxing atmosphere of camaraderie and creativity and serves as the hub for Denver's media, public relations, and communications community. It's the nation's oldest press club, with the first organized meeting held in 1867 and with the club making its home at 1330 Glenarm Place since 1925. Please visit our website at denverpressclub.org to find out all the great things that are happening throughout the week, month, and year. We're open Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Come by and see us. This is live from the Denver Press Club. This is the Denver Press Club where the conversation begins. And this is the Denver Press Club presents the topic of conversation. We're having a great conversation here tonight. I'm Rob Scoggins, your host. We're having a great conversation with Andrew Feinstein. He is an entrepreneur and has done a lot of stuff and when it comes to um, bars and, 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 and helping um, people um, have fun. He's, he's a fun meister. He helps people have fun. He's got the... Um, um, XDO and XDO stands for extended downtown, extended downtown. Yeah. So how again, did, how that, did you come up with that? Well, again, Marty came up with that one because you gotta remember again in the, in the early OOs, there's no rhino. And at the time, uh, a lot of people thought that that part of Denver would be called Nodo because you had Lodo and then it's going to be Nodo. And Marty said, there's no way I'm investing in a neighbor that has called Nodo. And so he came up with the XDO name, which is extended downtown. I mean, in a sense, we are extended downtown, sure. but the XDO name never quite caught on in terms of the neighborhood at large. The Rhino name really caught on and uh, the artist there did a great job branding the neighborhood. Um, you got to give Tracy Weil and, and, sure. and Hadley Hooper and all of them a lot of credit for figuring that out. And um, and I think that the Rhino brand has served us very well to this day, and it's been Rhino has been very good to Exto. Absolutely, and of course, um, the the other part, the other the other side of it, tracks. Um, how did how did the, the name tracks come into? Now we can now we'll have Marty on in another show. He can tell us a little bit of the the history of it. Yeah, say I'm going to save that one for when he's okay. On the show you want to say that? He's got That's a fine. great he's got a great story of where the name tracks comes about. I can tell it. I can paraphrase it, but it's a great story and and save that for the December show. No, we're going to have we're going to have the December show with Marty. Yeah. We hope so. And then of course uh, Jake's uh, Sports and Spirits, a great little sports bar. In the River North area, how did you come up with that? Is that your name after your dog? No, no. <laughs> I okay, like feed dog. Jake. You know no, the country, no, no. The country so, song. So Jake's uh, is at okay. So Jake's is located at thirty eight hundred Walnut Street. Right. And uh, uh, we we decided to open Jake's in the year twenty ten. At the time, the station that takes you to DIA was supposed to be open in twenty twelve. And now, of course, it's not going to open until twenty sixteen. Right. So we should have known better. Um, <laughs> and we thought that Jake's would really take advantage of all the activity that was taking place there. We were just early. And when we opened Jake's, we didn't know who Jake's was going to be for, okay? We didn't know if it was going to be for the GLBT community. We didn't know if it was going to be for the, I hate the word straight community, but it was going right. to be for the straight community. We didn't know if it was going to be a African-American hangout, given the context, you know, given the complexity the area, of the neighborhood. Sure. We didn't know if it was to be Hispanic or hipster or what. So everybody knows a Jake. So that's how we came up with the name. We wanted, ah. a, we wanted a one-syllable, relatable name. And when Jake's opened, it was called Jake's Food and Spirits. And it's been Jake's Food and Spirits for a long time because... We want it to be kind of a general neighborhood pub. But what's happened is in Jake's evolution over the last five years, as more and more restaurants have come into Rhino, Jake's is really starting to cement itself as the sports bar of Rhino. Right. We have more televisions than anybody else. Um, I will put our buffalo wings and our burgers and our cheesesteak up against food. anybody else's. In, and not just forget Rhino in Denver, okay? And so we are. We have a great patio. We've oh, we've one of the biggest patios in yep. Denver, and it's dog friendly. Right. We're actually adding two televisions to the patio. Nice. So if you come out on September 10th for the opening night of the NFL season, yes, you can watch football outside. Oh. Um. So they got fire pits and everything. We else. got fire yeah. pits. So anyway, so Jake's is undergoing a little bit of a rebranding right now. Uh, we're actually going to be shutting down on Sunday for a few days of. Uh, 
uh, rebranding and reupholstering and repainting and and uh, redoing the menu and everything. And we're going to reopen on September 10th as Jake's Sports and Spirits. I love and that. That's going to be our. That's going to be Jake's for the next. Five and you years. also help out young comics too. You've been very very good with the young. Not just very good. Not just not just <laughs> not just the gay and yeah. lesbian comics. You know the, the the every 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 comic well, and whether they're have a little bit of spice in their comedy or or if they're just. Or if they're just straight laced, no, no cussing. You've done very, very well with that. How is how's well, that going? So some of my really good friends in LA uh, were aspiring stand up comedians and have gone on to become very successful stand up mm-hmm. comedians. And so just like I have a soft spot for artists, I have a soft spot for comedians too. Um, comedy took a little bit of a hiatus. We are bringing it back with Jake Sports and Spirits. We're going to do comedy every first and third Saturday. Nice. Uh, so our first show will be the third Saturday of September. Okay. And then uh, as we get into October, first and third Saturday, comedy will be back at Jake's. You've done uh, some other th- other neat things too, uh, and not just in your world travels. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But in, in what you've done with the... What you've done with the sports community here? You're pre- you're pretty neat guy there. Uh, I can understand why you're changing it to sports for one reason. You are a big basketball fan. You are oh, Nuggets, de- Nuggets. De- you're like the de- most degenerate. proudest Nugget fan I've ever met. Degenerate. The Nuggets, the NBA Nuggets that we have here. Yeah, it was just we were just picking our season tickets today. I share season tickets with a couple of different groups, and we were divvying them up today. I'm already excited for the season, even yeah. though they're not going to win a lot of games. <laughs> but um, I write a Nuggets column or a website um, called DenverStiffs.com. It's been around now since 2008. And uh, believe it or not, we've grown from me doing this thing on my own eight years ago. And there are now, how many writers are there now? There's seven of us, wow, I think. Wow, that's awesome. And in fact, uh, we, and we do a couple events a year called Stiffs Night Out. Mm-hmm. And actually, I should mention to your listeners who may not know, why is it called Denver Stiffs? Yeah. It's a basketball blog. Um, those of you who are longtime Denverites would know that we had a coach here in the 80s named Doug Moe. Yeah, of course. And he would refer to most of, if not all of his players as stiffs. <laughs> and it's really a term of endearment. It's meant for someone who doesn't have a lot of talent, but tries really hard. Right. That pretty much sums up me and our entire writing staff. <laughs> so, um, that's what Denver stiffs is all about. So please read denverstiffs.com. I do a column every Sunday and, uh, uh, we, uh, do these parties at Jake's throughout the year. So just pay attention to denverstiffs.com, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and, and uh, you can get to meet the rest of the writing team. I'm just going to ask you one question about the Nuggets. I mean, obviously Ty Lawson is gone, a great point guard. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen? What's what are we? I mean, jeez, you know, are they going to are they, exactly they going to move to Las Vegas? Or <laughs> no, what? they're not moving to Las Vegas. Okay, so they're um, not going anywhere. Part of being a writer for Denver Stiffs is I've gotten to know the ownership, and they promised me they're not moving them ever. So uh, they better know I'm going to have to buy the team. And uh, Marty and I are going to do a lot better with our nightclub and real estate if that's going to happen. Sweet, you got a PA, um, you got a PA announcer if you need one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so they're going to lose a lot of games this year. Um, they're probably going to lose more games this year than last year. Nobody wants to hear me say that. But, but it's a tough unlike, division. They're in a tough division. But unlike last year, I am as optimistic about this team as I have been for about four years. Good. Uh, we brought in a rookie with the seventh pick. His name is Emmanuel Moutier, mm-hmm. uh, born in the Congo, brought over to the United States when he was about six years old, uh, raised in the Dallas, Texas area. Uh, tough, tough competitor, tough point guard, NBA body. Um, drafted seventh, kind of slipped to us a little bit, a little bit of an unknown guy, uh, spooked some teams and, you know, word on the street is, uh, among NBA folks is he could be the steal of the draft. So I think we're heading in the right direction, but we're going to lose a lot of games. Hey, having the rookie of the year and being an okay team doesn't hurt. He'll have a shot at rookie of the Good year. He him. will. He will. He'll get to shoot a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Anything new? I mean, you, you have, you have, uh, you've got three very big niches with, and, mm-hmm. and X do X, you know, the extended, uh, downtown, you got some neat stuff coming up in the next couple. I know, I know, teasing it now because we obviously the radio podcast plays forever and ever and ever. But it's okay to talk about what's going on in September. You sure. have a great September coming up. What's going on there? Well, tomorrow night we have what's called Save the Ales. Uh, we have thirty-seven local brewers who will be in the Exto Event Center tomorrow night, <clears throat> sampling beers. So take your Uber or your Lyft and come hang out at Exto tomorrow night. Um, Drag Nation. <clears throat> Drag Nation every fourth Friday of the month. It's this Friday. That's mm-hmm. going to be a great show. It's, the, it's actually the country's largest drag show outside of Vegas. Wow. Okay. We do once a month at Exto. Well, how much does that cost? Uh, ten bucks. And is it a so contest? Actually, it's ten, ten bucks pre-sale, fifteen bucks at the door. Okay. It's one of the best. It's one of the best deals in Denver. Right. And uh, I would really encourage your female listeners to consider coming out for it. It makes a great bachelorette party. Sure it does. Okay. Um, and then on September the 12th, which is Saturday, we're hosting Snowboard on the Block, which is the largest ski and snowboard festival in the city of Denver that takes place every year. Um, well, so you can throw happens. snowballs at each other? What do you know? Uh, no. Well, we actually, yeah. we actually have a full ramp with, really? with, with fake snow. No. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And then on September 26th, September 26th, Saturday night, 
Trax is celebrating its 35th birthday. Wow. All right, we're bringing back old DJs, old bartenders. Reunion I'm trying to, I'm time, trying to, reunion. I'm trying to convince Mario to bring back the old pricing, too, but he's not going to let me. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we're working on that. So <laughs> that's September 26th. So, you know, there's always something going on. And then on September um, 18th, yeah. which is the third Friday of the month, we host Roll, which is one of the largest roller disco parties. And I know Mariah is a big fan. She's yeah. been out there before. So if you've uh, never been on. to the when he when he creates this roller rink inside this wonderful venue, it is a treat. It is a lot of fun. Uh, you don't need to have roller skates. They do have rentals, not very many, but they do. No, no, we have we have seven hundred. Oh, you pairs. do now. Oh, oh, oh. We, we just bought another hundred pairs of skates. <sighs> well, then, and, and we, then and there we, we go. Yeah, yeah, no. When we first got started, what happened yeah. was when we first got started. We thought we had enough skates. I, I wear size twelve, and I'm like, yeah, yeah we're and done. So many, and so many people showed up. So many people <laughs> showed up that we couldn't get them enough skates. Right. So we've solved that problem by writing a check and buying more skates. So there you go. We've revamped our entire skate check-in process, skate checkout process. We got plenty of skates for everyone. I do encourage attendees to bring their own skates sure. just because it is easier. Yeah. Um, but we got plenty of skates, and we've done something else that I bet you don't know. I don't know. So in tracks, as mm. part of our remodel that we did in March, absolutely amazing. We yeah, brought wonderful. in we brought in the largest LED screen in the city of Denver that's not inside the Pepsi Center. But we have a twelve foot by forty foot LED screen. And we now do the country's largest karaoke night in tracks while skating oh, is taking place oh, in Exto. Oh, man. So every third Friday of the month, it's Roll in Exto. It's karaoke in tracks. And we're launching a new promotion starting on uh, the first Broncos game on Sunday called the Big Gay Football Day. <laughs> and we're going to have the biggest gay football party on the biggest screen in Denver wow. every time the Broncos play. All 16 games, okay? So that's going to be great, too. Don't forget that. will that. be a lot of Back to roller skating. If you if you have never been to a, a roller skating rink as, as a youth and, and you want to get back, or, or as an adult, and you did it in your youth, this is a lot of fun. They do an all-skate. They do backwards skate. They do couple skate. They do drag skate. It's 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 a wonderful, wonderful event. A lot of fun. And, and it, it's just unbelievable how they transform that room into what they... You have a fetish ball. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's happening on Saturday night. What? It's called Exile. I think we've yeah. actually done it for about five, six years in a row now, yeah. maybe more. Um, hey, man, you know <laughs> what? What I really, I, I, I actually, I love the fetish. Do you ball. walk into a room of feet? I don't understand. No, 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 oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. I love the fetish ball, and the reason I love the fetish ball is for the same reason why I love Ominous. Yeah, which we do every second Friday. Brings out it's the largest goth night in the city of Denver. Okay. Um, I love all these events. And it's the same reason why I love Drag Nation. It's the reason why I love our Thursdays, which are an 18 up night. We, our doors are open to everybody. Absolutely. Open to There's everybody. no question there. Um, unless you're the KKK. Yeah. The check just has to be bigger. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Right. But unless you're the KKK. No, seriously. Our, our doors are open to everybody. We, we've hosted every single demographic, every age group, every sexual orientation, every group you can think of. We have brought them and welcomed them into our doors. And that's what Rhino's all about, too. It's not just what Exto's all about. That's what Rhino's all about. We are there for everybody. And we really pride ourselves on that. So I, I'm very proud that we've been hosting the uh, the fetish ball for so many yeah. years. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful events, and and they're becoming staples. I mean, that's they're they, you know they're get, they get reunions, meaning they have tenth and eleventh and twelfth yeah. and thirteenth. You're just doing such a good job there. Uh, fun, fun stuff that he runs. Are you building anything new? Because you've had some <laughs> things that I mean, as, as successful as you've been. You have you're you have done some Donald Trump stuff, not like Donald, but Donald I mean, you, Trump you, stuff. No, I mean you've, you've you've had some you've had some failures too. We've talked about how great you are and how great Marty is, but there's been some stuff that didn't just quite work. Well, one thing I've learned from Mr. Chernoff is you only need one out of three to work. Okay, ah, I like that. So 33%, you're a baseball fan. Yeah, absolutely. So 33% get you in the Hall of Fame. That's true. Uh, that's a motto in our in our company. Uh, we try everything. Uh, we, we Sometimes we try it too long. Some things work better than others. Um, and some things are just before their time. Let me give you a great example. Yeah, so example. we did a ping pong night every Tuesday called Smash. I remember that. I went to And this was about three years ago. Yeah. And it did actually, it did okay. You know, we had about, you know, we had, we had several hundred people showing up on Tuesday nights. Now, most people would kill to have 200 people show up at the bar on Tuesday night. Unfortunately, just the logistics of ping pong and all that didn't quite work. So it went on a hiatus. Well, I still have the tables. Okay. Sure. So we're bringing Smash back as a monthly promotion in October. Now that Rhino's growing around us. So maybe it didn't work the first time, but I think it's going to work the second time. So, but you know, look, you definitely have your misses. You have your hits. Um, I mean, the know, pool party's great. I mean, the pool party's that, doing that's great. That's a hit. The pool party's a hit. In fact, we only have two more days left on oh, the beach. So boy, right. we have this Sunday and next Sunday, and that's it for the season. And so. what they've done there, yeah. they've created a beach. They yes. they basically played an outdoor beach. If you miss California, if you miss, if you're, if you're tired of being in a landlocked state, head over to Exto and, and tracks and see what yeah. they're doing. It's, it's a fun pool party. They got a pool. They literally and Rob, have a and big Rob comes pool. in his speedo. And, I do. Uh, does cannonballs in the pool. And, I do. And, 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 and the girls and, love it. 
So I don't know if they love it, but yeah. they tolerate it. Yeah. We talked about tolerate it. Yeah, yeah. that's what they tolerate. <laughs> right. um, you, what, anything new for you? Anything? Are you creating something new? Is there something in the the Marty and Feinstein fishbowl that we don't know about, and you want to announce on the show for us? I can't make we any formal announcements. What I can say is that we are involved. We are involved in some exciting new developments in Rhino. Okay. Um, that when the time is right, we'll be happy to announce those things. But there are some exciting things happening around the train station. Um, some new developments okay. that I think will be added, not so much in the food and beverage world, but more in the office retail world. And it'll be very additive to the neighborhood. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, other than that, um, you know, I think that our, our goal always is to use the facility as much as possible. I think that there's an opportunity uh, to have a Wednesday night club night that we need to develop soon. I think the big, like I said, a big gay football day. We've never done this before. We've never done a big gay football day. We're doing that starting this year. You know, Jake's just got a total revamp. Uh, so when you come back to Jake's on September the 10th, you're going to see a new Jake's, which is really I think really it's exciting. good for Gay Football Day. People don't realize how many how many players are gay in the NFL. Well, <laughs> well I'm just kidding. But, yeah, they are. But I'm not going to comment. No, I, I know. No <laughs> I have no idea. The, uh, the, the, the fun thing is that you're doing, um, and, I'll, and we have, we're going to talk about it right now, is you're, you're not, you're not uh, an advocate or you're not a pro or against it, but a lot of things have changed in the way to run a bar now because of the marijuana that has been introduced to our society uh, here in Colorado. You are a world traveler. You go everywhere. I mean, you, you look at your Facebook and your Twitter and your everything you do. You're all over the world and having a great time and learning about different cultures. How far how far behind is the United States when it comes to marijuana and the and the uses of it? Are well, we, are we actually we're when it comes to marijuana. Are we pioneers? We're, yeah, we're actually okay. that's sad to say. We're okay. So you're asking the wrong guy about drugs yeah, because well, I'm but, a I'm yeah. a I'm a libertarian when it comes that's to drugs. That's fine. I would legalize heroin. You could sell it outside of an elementary school. I wouldn't care. So I'm the wrong guy to talk to. But um, let's let's be specific about marijuana. Okay. Um, make no mistake about this. And yeah. I'm not a user. Okay. Right. This has been phenomenal for our economy. Okay. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it has activated these warehouses. It has created jobs. It's created jobs in the HVAC field. It's created jobs uh, for masonry. It's created jobs for technology. I mean, we we have tenants in our real estate portfolio that do mapping, you know, you know, GPS mapping sure. for where to find a dispensary, publications, labs, um, tours. I mean, it, there's a whole business. And you've actually it. hosted a few things. Oh, we host a lot of stuff at Exto. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I find the law, and I'll, I'll say this, I have no problem saying this. I find the law offensive that you can't consume this product inside a bar. Okay. Why is it okay to drink a beer, but it's not okay to consume marijuana? Inside? They're eating it in the parking lot before they come in anyway. They are. So let them use it in the bar. And let me sell it, and the city can collect the tax. But revenue. isn't that right around the corner in Denver Metro? Isn't so, Denver okay, trying to do it? It's on its way. It's on its way. I think Denver's been very pioneer. I mean, look, Portugal legalized. Before 2020, are we going to see this? Por Portugal legalized drugs. Sure. Uruguay yeah. just legalized marijuana. Right. Both are huge success stories. Um, this whole war on drugs is a joke. It's a failure. We're incarcerating kids of color who, you know, peddled a few joints on a college campus and their lives are ruined because they get to go to jail for five years. The whole thing's absurd. Right. Legalize this stuff, regulate it, regulate it safely, keep it away from children, collect taxes, educate kids about, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly of these things. And let's just, let's grow up already. So is the world watching Colorado right now? You I bet. mean, you've, you've traveled all over. You've been places. You bet. They're watching us. You bet. You bet. And I just, like I said, I don't know. Everyone's got their drug of choice. Me, it's Coors Light. Okay. Right. <laughs> but everyone's got their drug of choice. And I guess I just don't see what the big deal is. And right. I think that um, I think I think that consuming it in public indoors is on its way. I really so as soon as soon as it becomes law that that you consume marijuana right. on, at a bar or on a patio or wherever, Jake's and all, all of your all your stuff done. Bring it right? on. Bring I mean, it. As far as the smoking goes, like you know, I totally get it. Like you know, you'll have to, it should have its own section. You shouldn't be sitting down and eating and have to be exposed to a cigarette or a joint right next to you. Sure. I totally get that. Yeah. So it'd have its own section. You know, I mean, how cool would it be if tracks had like a, like a marijuana den, you oh, know, like yeah. in the club, um, a little hookah area. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great. So I think that, um, you know, we're having these conversations now I'm advocating for it. And then while we're talking about drug laws, sure. Uh, another thing I want to advocate for, especially since we're on Rhino district radio is why do our bars close at two o'clock? I don't know. Is that not the stupidest law? Dumbest law. You lived in Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta. Yep. Bars closed at four o'clock. Four o'clock. We left when we felt like leaving. Happy hour starts at seven. And I and I and, I, and every politician listening to this <laughs> broadcast right now, yeah, come see me in January. On <laughs> in January on Thursday night at one forty-five, okay. and watch what we do to a thousand kids. We shove them into the freezing cold. Okay. Yeah, you do. We shove them out the door. It's a stupid law. And I'm going to be working with uh, progressive-minded 
uh, politicians over the next few months, and we're going to fix this. But didn't they, already try to do, didn't they already try? There was a flaw in the legislation. Ah, okay. Always uh, is. Always is. There was a flaw because it allowed local municipalities to set their own time, which I'm in principle, I'm in favor of. But the, the problem was they could set it backwards. Okay. So the fear, the fear of the Bar and Restaurant Association who killed it, as they should have, was that the folks in Boulder would have turned the time down to midnight. Uh, and that would have been even worse. Yeah. Um, so we need to have, look, I, I don't even know why we have an arbitrary time at all. I don't even know why it needs to be four o'clock, but I'll settle for four o'clock. Well, the funny part is they, they, you, you stop at two and yeah. you can start a happy hour at seven. Well, the whole, I mean, that's the system makes no sense. The only city that does this right at 7 a.m., which, only, which yeah. Golden does, there's a the bar only in city, Golden. The only does. city that does this right yeah. is New York, where the local law there is you have to close for one hour for cleaning and you pick your hour. Sure. And that should be the law. Yeah. That should be the law. But it's also in their title of their name, New York, the city that never sleeps. All right, but let Denver... And know Las Vegas, always, let, o- always open. Why can't we just say, let, always high? Here's what I say. Denver, always yeah. high. Let, let, let responsible yeah. business people... High. Let yeah. responsible business people be responsible business people. Sure. Let responsible adults be responsible adults. If my bar is open till five in the morning, and as a result, it's having an adverse effect on the neighborhood, that's just, that's just bad business. It is. I'm not going to do that. So let us be responsible. Let us make those decisions ourselves. I don't need the government telling me when to open. Because you're paying your doors. taxes. There's no, you know. Believe me, we're paying our uh-huh, taxes. Uh-huh. Everybody's paying their yeah. taxes. So I think I I agree. If you're paying your taxes, you're not defunct. You're not. You're yeah. you're a good you're a good neighborhood bar. You know, let let the kids, especially when it's your patio, would be perfect. I would argue. I would argue. I would argue, and I have no data to prove this. To smoke marijuana, I would argue that two o'clock exacerbates the problem, not helping it. I would argue that it encourages binge drinking. Um, You know, if you have a late dinner and you come to that club, you pound a few, jump in the car. Um, It encourages fights because everyone goes out at the exact same time, and there's all that built up aggression, and And everybody's on the road, and they're all yeah. So I think I think it it exacerbates the problem. And, biggest uh, accidents from biggest accidents from two to four. You Done. bet. Yeah. And and uh, let's just let's just figure this out already. Yeah. Are you ready for Rob's fast five questions? Oh wait, wait. No, before we get to that. Yeah. Before we get to that, please tell people. I'm stepping how... off my soapbox now. For the <laughs> next You're round. fine. You, uh, it, it's been a pleasure to have you here with us. Uh, before we get to that, please tell people how they can get in contact with you, find you. If <laughs> you know, I and, and just want to know everybody out there in in the radio world uh, and in the podcast world as well. Uh, Andrew does not become your friend on Facebook unless he's met you. So That's true. it's not going to happen, I kids. I have to meet you in person. You know, you can't meet an entrepreneur. Uh, you have to meet him first, and then he becomes your friend. So come, come to come to Exto, come to Tracks, come to Jake's, and say hi to him and his lovely fiance who couldn't be with us tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, so do that, and then he, you might be you might be lucky to get his friendship. The easy, you know, the, yeah, yeah the, I'm I'm actually very easy to find. Yeah. Um, if you come to track, if I'm in town, yeah. if you come to tracks on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, ask for me. And if you come to Jake's on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, ask for me. I mean, yeah. one of the two. Yeah. And uh, I, I'd love to get to know anybody who wants to come in and check out. Our, we're very proud of our, of, our, of, our, of our locations. We're very proud of our staff. Uh, we have a great family of colleagues that work with us there, and and we love we love showing it off. So. And your website's always up to date. It's lovely. It's always up to date. It's, Which one? We have about seven. Exto, so, yeah. always yeah. up to date. Yeah. Exto is always up to date. Um, but um, are you ready for Rob's fast five questions? I'm ready. Okay. Bring it on. When it comes to artists and and your soft spot for them, there's some things you disagree because they always play the humble artist. You know, I can't afford it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And we always know, and I'm, I'm friends with a lot of artists too, especially when it comes to artists who paint or do sculptures, they always undervalue their stuff. Mm. When, it, when it comes to your, your soft point for them, what, what do you like about the, the, the artist person, the, 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 whole, the whole creative side of people? Well, I don't know so much about the people that I like. I like yeah. the process. I love the fact that, um, and I was a former cartoonist, which means right. I could take a blank sheet of paper and I could create an entire... Uh, story i can create an entire place out of that piece of paper if you give me just a couple minutes and a pen and so that's what i love about artists is they take they take absolutely nothing and they turn it into something and to me that's magical um so that's what i love about art and you can find some of uh, andrew feinstein's artwork uh for girls in sports you can google it he was uh, it was like the second page of esp in the magazine he did that, that was that was for a while wasn't it no we had a great run we yeah. had a t- yeah we were nationally syndicated from about 97 to 07 yeah. uh ish uh, i think we actually ran until about 09 we had a terrific run uh unfor- i don't want to say i don't want to bring up any sore subjects here at the denver yeah. press club but as yeah. you know that you know the demise of the print newspaper yeah. didn't do cartoonists any favors no. um and we also you know we got a little bit older and it was time for my partner and i um to move on and do better things but uh, that was a great run. We love that comic strip. We love those characters, and they live on. I mean, that's, yeah. again, that's what's great about art. They live you on. Know, it, it, it's something that came from nothing, and now it lives on forever. And we have thousands and thousands of comic strips that I'm actually in the process of 
redoing our website because it needs an upgrade. Awesome. Now, in girls and sports, if you guys Google this and look into it and find it on the, the World Wide Web, which you easily can, um, there are two characters, two main characters, uh, Bradley and Marshall. Now, I have to ask you, which one's you? Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was Marshall, the, okay. the perpetually single one with, with hapless luck with women and the sideburns. <laughs> that was me. That was yeah, you. That was me. And, and, and of course, your, your buddy was Bradley. Well, Justin Boris, who is my writing partner, so Justin's middle name was Bradley. My middle name is Marshall. So that's how creative. It shows you how creative we were. Uh, but that was it was an easy way to remember which character was which. And you came up with this when you were on vacation. You weren't. I mean, you weren't just sitting down. You we know, were actually, drinking some Coors Light. Well, we were definitely were... drinking some Coors Light. We were actually we were actually drinking Carlsberg. We were in oh, Denmark, yeah, Denmark on a study yeah. abroad program, and just we were having the exploits that a twenty-one year old has when they are in Denmark sure. with a lot of Carlsberg. Uh, and we just had these crazy stories and, um, he's a really funny guy. Uh, Justin's a funny, funny guy and he does, he, he does a terrific job. He's in the financial sector. Now he runs a phenomenal, uh, investment fund, but he's a very funny guy. And he would tell these funny stories about whatever happened to both of us the night before. And I started drawing the stories and that's what, that's what, that's that, that, that kind of grew out of it. It didn't have a name. And there was a girl who we were in school with over there who uh, actually snapped at us on one of the buses one day and said, all you two assholes do is talk about girls and sports. And that's that birthed the name of the comic strip. So I don't remember her name, um, but uh, I thank her because that's where the name came from. If you could be an NBA player, Mm. what position would you play? What team would you be on? Oh, God. And how much do you think you'd be worth as a player? Like, what would you demand as a salary? So those are, th- I know it's a three-part, one question, but three-part. So first one is, what position would you play? Um, I think I'd like to be a three. Okay. Like and a explain point- that to the listeners, because there's some okay, people so, who don't know yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah. So point guard's a one. Right. You basically have to take on all the responsibility. Yeah. Like um, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Two is a shoot. No, Michael was no, a two. Michael was a two. That's right. was a shooting two. guard. Three means, uh, okay, so there's three is a small forward. Four is a power forward. Five is a center. I like to be a three, because when you're a three... You end up guarding all five positions. Sure. You end up being involved in all facets of the game, both offensively and defensively. Um, and uh, it's a position where if you're not a particularly good shooter, which I'm not, I'm a horrible shooter, uh, but you can make up for it by being a slasher. You can make up for it by being a good passer. You can make up for it by being a shot blocker. Sure. I was actually decent at all three of those. Nice. So that and you're be... still on the podium because you get a bronze. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, well, that, so, so I, I think playing a three would be a fun Very spot good. for me. What team? Well, come on. I don't know. You don't have to say it. Got to be the Nuggets. Okay, all right. Yeah. The Nuggets, yeah. no doubt. I was born into this. That the first Nugget. Okay, the, the the day I'm the night you I'm, could pick any team. The night I'm born. This is a true story. This is a true story. This is a true yeah, story. Okay. The night I'm born. Yeah. Okay, I'm, so this is in the night. This is 1975. This is not dad in the waiting room with the camcorder watching right. you come out of your mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. This this is this does this is in the days. Wait, wait, where, what what month? October. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My 40th birthday is coming up. I know. You're, you I, I was, got, you're coming I, to the party. That's yeah, and okay. that's question number five. But we're well, not okay. there yet. So, so, um, so again, Dad's not in the hospital with a camcorder. This is 1975. This is Dad's playing poker and smoking cigars while Mom's in the hospital. Okay, so uh, my mother brings me home. Yeah. I've just been born. My mother brings me home. She comes home with her mother, my mm-hmm. grandmother, and Marty and my father are at my house. Sure. And my mother's like, "Hey, Neil is my father." He said, "This is your son, Andrew, your baby boy." And he looks at me and says, "Oh, that's awesome." He's like, "All right, well, Marty and I are going to the Nuggets game." <laughs> And my mom says, well, if, if you're going, I'm going. Oh, no. So my first night coming home from the hospital, my mother and Marty, who's sitting there on the couch, and my father went to the Nuggets game. October and I stayed, 5th. And I stayed home with my grandmother. That was my first night in my house. So that's how deep roots <laughs> hey, the Nuggets go. Totally there. So it's, a, it's astonishing your name isn't Nugget. Yeah. Or Nug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so October 5th, 1975. Mm. And that, 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 was, that was their welcome home. That's not that bad. You go straight into grandma's arms. That's kind of yeah. cute. Right? Yeah, no. And my grandmother was uh, one of my best friends. She passed yeah. away at 103 and a half years old just oh, a couple of years ago. So, no, no, don't. God she bless she, she no. played with the Whoa. house's money. Um, and she watched every Brewers game, every Bucks game Good up for until her, her death. Good she, for her. She, she could tell you everything about every player on both teams. Third part about the question. Yeah. Um, how much do you think you'd get paid? And what do you think you're worth? Well, in this NBA, I'd get I'd get the same salary that Damari Carroll just got, which is fifteen million dollars. Which year. is not. Yeah, averages six points a game. Yeah, it's 15, fifteen million a year. Fifteen million a year for, for a small forward. Yeah. What do you think but a guy my but size but could he's, get? But he's five six million. But he's the glue guy. Yeah, he's the glue guy yeah, sure. and with the Raptors. That's exactly what I would be. I'd be okay. the glue guy. Yeah, and yeah. plus, you know, you're 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 a motivational guy. You'd, you'd help the team. Hopefully. Come on, guys, we can win. We can In win. In theory. Yeah. So uh, the, the when you think of of what you've done. For the River North District, and I know you're very humble about it, and, and you're and you've you've had some great 
uh, senior members of the tribe get you to where you're going. No, everybody, everybody gets doors open to them, and and you're very, very, very nice to to uh, include what they've done for you, and 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 as well you should. When it comes, when you think, and and, and we can talk about your father and Marty together because I think they're 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 so close uh, to you. When you think of them, what do you what comes to mind? I mean, when you when you what they've done for when you. When I think of those two, I think of the two old guys in the Muppets up in the rafters <laughs> that are that are barking down at you. You know. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, they're, you know, I feel so fortunate, you know, my, my, You're uh, Fozzie Bear and they're the... my parents actually divorced when I was little yeah. and my mother remarried a gentleman whose name happens to be Neil, same as my wow. father. And so I always say, you know, everyone's like, Oh my God, you're divorced. You know, your parents got divorced. That must've been so hard on you. I'm like, are you kidding? I got two Neils and a Marty out of the deal. <laughs> um, they're my best friends. They're my mentors. They're the reason I get to do this. They're the reason I get to do everything. I'm very appreciative of that, and uh, I will never forget that. And if there's any way I can pay it back, hopefully I am paying it back now, but uh, that's, that's what they mean to me. So, What are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Gosh, that is a great question. I've never even thought about that question. No. You've done um, so much, and you're so young. I feel like I haven't done anything. Oh, um, you're not even. You're just now forty. You've done so much. What am I most proud of? I don't even know how to answer that question. I've never even thought about that. Really? Um, I have. Well, no it idea. comes to mind. We have Marty on. Maybe I feel like if I pick one thing that I'm most proud of, I'm going to insult five other things. No, so, no. Um, I think. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I, I think that. Um, I, I, I think what I'm most proud of is the personalities I've been able to accumulate over the course of my life. Sure. Um, I. Uh, I'm never bored. My phone's always ringing. Drives drives the fiance crazy, but um, phone's always ringing. Um, I keep in touch with everybody. Maybe that's what I'm most proud of. I've kept in touch with every single person I've ever liked. So no burnt bridges. Yeah. Oh that's no, one, that's wonderful. No, Not many no, people can say that. No, I've never burned a bridge. Not that, well, not that I know of. That's something yeah. very to be proud of. Yeah, you still got to be a businessman, you know, yeah. and business isn't always friends, but um, never burned a bridge. Last question. You're about to turn forty. Yeah. Uh, you're about to enter the the world of middle age. Yeah. Uh, What's what's next? What's the next forty years look like? Well, in theory, with our healthcare modernized, this is just a, my first. You, could, third. you got one hundred three. This is my you. first third. Yeah, and I've true. got eighty more to yeah, go. Yeah, you, you do. Um, sorry, then, with your heritage, I mean one hundred and three. I mean, you got a chance. Yeah. You got a chance. Actually, the men die early. But yeah, <laughs> but what, um, was your, what was your question? Sorry. Next next forty years. I mean, you're right here. You're right in the um, middle of. You're right in the middle of what what uh, what most mortals would call middle of. You life, know, I have a life. very good friend uh, here in Denver, and I don't think I'd be embarrassing by mentioning his name. His name is Joel Noble. Um, Joel is the chairman of Curtis Park. So you must know Joel. Everyone, everyone in Denver knows Heard the Joel. name. He's on the planning board. Yeah. And Joel's just a little bit older than me. And, and we were just talking about turning 40 the other day. And he said, you know, what, and that's why I'm giving him credit for this. He said, mm -hmm. you know, I, I got to a point in my life where I realized I'm only going to work on stuff that's fun for me. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. So I, I'm not going to give you any specifics, but for the next 40 years, I'm only going to work on stuff that's fun for me. If it's not fun for me, I'm not going to work on it. And you're getting married. Uh, someday, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, if you're ever fiance, right? No, no, no. We're going to get no. married in a couple of years. Okay. Um, we're not in a huge rush, but sure. she's terrific. You've gotten so, to know her lovely, a little bit. Lovely lady. She's, uh, I've outkicked my coverage. Yeah. She's I, a sports I, I, analogy. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey. She's beautiful. She's fun. <laughs> her her and, dad probably uh, walked over to you. Hey, hey, kid. Yeah. Kid, uh, you know, coach wants, coach wants to talk to you. Bring, I know, bring your playbook, I know, right? I yeah. Know, but wonderful family. Yeah. And she's just a wonderful person. And she, uh, she's, uh, she humbles me. So she's terrific. Just terrific. I can't thank you enough for being here. It has been an absolute treat. We have not, we've been trying to do this for about, about two years now to get no, you. No, it's not been two years. <laughs> it's been two months. About two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah two months. And, and it's been it's been. And a I do want to say one thing yeah, to, to the listeners. Out sure. here. you've been a good friend to us. Well, Everything. No, yeah, seriously. Well. I I invite a lot of people to a lot of things, mm -hmm. and you come. Yeah, you show up. It's fun, and you've been a very good friend. You've you've well, come to stuff at Jake's. You've come to stuff at Tracks. You've come to stuff at Exto, and you know the door's always open to you. The door's always open to your staff. Anytime you guys want to come. Uh, Marty will put you on the guest list. Nice. So, uh, but no, we, you guys, you, you've been, you've been a terrific friend and oh, I love what you're doing here and uh, we just need to get you, I, no offense to the press club, but we got to get you back in Rhino. Yeah, we need to get back yeah. in Rhino, but thank you so much for being here and being a part of this and, and just your stories are, are incredible and, and you're, and, and you're having so much fun and we can't wait to see what's next in the River North District. Thank you so much, Andrew Feinstein, right, for being I here. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Thank right. you. Thanks. And don't and don't forget, this is live from the Denver Press Club presents. This is the topic of conversation. We're gonna have some great new topics coming up for our second season. Uh, Aaron Lapidus, Aaron Lapidus will be here on, uh, and I believe it's the sixth or ninth, ninth of September. Uh, he is the owner and uh, operator of. Fascination Street. He is a very interesting man. If you've ever Googled the garage sale millionaire, that is him. So I uh, hope to see you in a few weeks. We are taking a summer break, but we'll be back. Don't forget, if you 
wake up with a purpose and have fun in life, you could be right here live at the Denver Press Club presents the topic of conversation. And we hope to see you soon. Good night. I want to thank everybody who keeps this show going. Could not do it without this talented crew. My executive producer, Mariah Weiss. My technical director and chief editor, Will Hartman. My IT director and associate producer, Matt Schiff. And my music and media director, Chantel Coates. There is a lot of people I also need to thank behind the scenes here at the Denver Press Club. Bill, Bruce, Carmen, Matt, and Finn could not do it without them as well. I want to thank all the sponsors of this show. The Denver Press Club, Zing Tea, a new age beverage, and Read Art and Imaging. Thank you. For all our great listeners out there, please like us on Facebook and listen to us on livefromthedenverpressclub.com. I've been asked time and time again on how to end the show. And here it is. Live your life to the fullest. Wake up with a purpose. Have fun. And maybe you, someday, could be right here in Denver, Colorado, as our topic of conversation. Thank you, and good night.